Thank you to another episode of Through the Woods, and I am Kyle Woods. Appreciate you guys joining me. Today, I have a special guest, and uh, anybody uh, knows anything about the Wine Commission or has heard about the Wine Commission, you will know who this person is across from me, because all you got to do is do a search, and she shows up everywhere. She's done so many interviews. She's been a great face for the organization. So with further ado, Moya Dalsby sitting across from me. Yeah. Thank you for joining. Well, thanks for having me. And yeah, I probably do show up in Google search for the good and the bad, right? I'm like, oh gosh, what did I say now, right? Oh no, it's it's been all good. I mean, that's the funny part, just kind of getting ready for this uh, video cast. I was just searching out there. I'm like, holy cow, she's like everywhere. I'm like, I don't even know what questions I should ask anymore because you've, you've answered so many of them. So, but we're going to kind of get into some things maybe a little bit different that you haven't talked about as much. So I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, before we get going though, I want to give a shout out to some of your people that work with you because I get to work with them as well. And that's Brenna and Ashley. So yeah. we have a great team. So Brenna's been here 10 years this year. Ashley just hit her six and I'm going on my 14th year. And I think I mean, the longevity, right? And we have great interns and good admins that kind of come and go, but it's, and also the board. I mean, we couldn't do it without her. They let us do our jobs, uh, but we like each other. Oh, that's big. And that helps longevity, right? Because you like where you're at and you like the people you work We're with. We're happy. That, yeah, and having flexibility. I mean, yeah. flexibility is key too, especially when you have a family and life and And I think so many people today, that's what they're trying to find. They're struggling to find that, you know. Yeah. Where can I work at? Where can I fit in? And can I enjoy it as well? Right. It wants, I don't want to do anything that's not fun. Like I understand like work is not always fun, but I want to have more fun days. And, and then I, I was telling them like at all these different boards, I sit on, I'm like, I want to have more fun or I'm not doing it. <laughs> so yesterday it was kind of funny. I'm on the botanical garden committee and I'm like, do something fun for us every meeting. And they gave us all little chocolates, like those little like caramel couple of chocolate. I'm like, it could be simple and stupid like that, but it, like, it was nice. I liked it. It is nice. Well, and no better industry for you to be in to have some fun, right? So let's, uh, for people that have never met Moya or even know anything about Moya, this is going to be your opportunity to do so. So Moya, let's just start, you know, just who are you, where you came from yeah. and how you got to Idaho. And then we'll get into the Wine Commission after that, but let's just kind of get a little bit of history. Yeah, so you. people ask me all the time, like, how did you get started in the wine industry? Like, how do I do this? And I think everyone's road is a little bit different. So in college, I thought I wanted to be an attorney. So I worked at the U.S. Attorney's Office for three years. And then I decided I didn't want to be an attorney. And this is at the end of my junior year, and I kind of freaked out a little bit. I'm like, what am I going to do? Because I'm a planner, right? And my dad said, why don't you go see if the Washington Wine Commission needs an intern? And I just thought that was so like random. Like I didn't really drink. I mean, I mean, I drink a little bit, but like I didn't, wasn't a big drinker. Like my family didn't, like they drank wine growing up, but not like it wasn't an everyday thing. And ironically, I grew up in Woodenville, Monroe area, which has a ton of wineries now. Um, and the biggest winery in Washington. And my dad, like he works now for a winery in Washington. So I think he, maybe that was his thing. Like he wanted me to do this. And so I went and I thought about it for two days and I couldn't come up with something else. And then I went to like, I didn't even interview like at the Washington Wine Commission. They just like, can you want to work, start working here? And so I worked for free 
uh, and then I ended up going to school full time and working full time my senior year for twenty two thousand dollars a year. I was like, I feel like I had more money then than I do now because of my children. But I mean, I was just excited and I was willing to do anything and everything. And I think that that's what trained me and got me to where I am. I mean, from carrying boxes to emptying spit buckets to answering the phone, like whatever they needed, I did it. And so I worked there for four and a half, five years and then got recruited to come to Idaho as their executive director. And I'm like, they're not going to hire me. But, you know, I just like whatever. And I didn't even negotiate my salary. I just came. And I just thought I'd be here for a couple years and go back to Washington or go to California. And I have been like recruited since then, but I don't want to leave. Like I'm still having fun, right? So I got married and I had two little kids and built a couple houses. And my husband says we're never leaving. And so now I just like, I travel a lot and we have fun, but who am I? I'm, you know, I'm a wine drinker. I am very active in the community and sit on probably too many boards, but I have fun with that. Uh, I'm a mom to two eight-year-old boys and we have four dogs. My life's chaotic, but we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, there was two things that uh, caught me when you were saying one was, is that, I mean, you, you kind of worked in all aspects of it, right? Which is, there is no better way to do that. And then the second thing, when you said $22,000, uh, I just remember the day. So I started my first job. It was $24,000. I don't ever remember the idea of ever negotiating pay. It was just like, just give me yeah, a job. Yeah, I, we were, I was grateful. Work. Yeah. Right. That's well, kind of a little different. And I think the thing is now, like with the Wine Commission, every day is different. And it's, so we're, the, we're a state agency, right? But we work for the wineries and growers. So we're tasked with marketing and promoting all Idaho wineries and growers. And what does that mean? It means every day is different from legislation to planning events to attending a million different meetings to doing media missions and that's what i like about it and i think working for the washington wine commission trained me on how to do it and you're you're always learning right like i'm finding the job now it's a lot more political than i thought it was going to be and that's okay it's just like you learn and you mold and i'm just so grateful for my experience right and well that's team. a perfect leading because i really want people to know that because i don't know if people and I mean even I had to research a little bit more is what is different being a commission as opposed to being a nonprofit or a private industry what we're the Idaho Wine Commission so I think people don't maybe understand that or could see that differently than what you could explain and I think there's pros and cons to everything right so I'm a state employee which can be great sometimes because I have amazing benefits um, we're a self-governing state agency which means we manage our own budget but we still have to we have a lot of rules, right? What we can and can't do. Like we can't lobby, but we can educate the legislators. We um, we have to do an audit every year, right? We can't. And so there's just more rules that you have to follow. So we have we can't run legislation unless the governor's office approves us and says yes, you can. Which can has hindered things at times, right? But I think currently there's more benefits. I don't know. It depends on who you ask, right? Right. More benefits. We. It's hard for us to raise money at times because we're funded by the wine excise tax, which is all wineries pay. Perfect. I was going to ask Right? That. So yep. it's it's hard to – and we have optional industry assessments. So if you, you, as a winery or grower, you could pay them if you want. Most people do because they want to see the industry grow. Um, yeah, it's just kind of be challenging at times, yeah. right? Yeah. When I sit on these, like I said, these different boards, you can get apply for these grants because they're nonprofits, right? And I'm like, gosh, that would be nice. But do you change the system? 
be really hard to change the system because it's been going for so long. Yeah. Not to say that it can't be done, but yeah. Well, let's uh, let's go back then and let's just start with how Idaho wines. What's the history of Idaho wines? So the, I mean, Idaho wines started in the 1860s, actually, in the Lewiston area, and they were winning awards around the country, like entering the wines in the World Fair, right? And it was really cool. And then prohibition happened, and it killed the Idaho wine industry. It really did. And unlike other states where it kind of, it was still kind of going underground, but it, and it wasn't until the 1970s that things really started to get going, but slowly that's what St. Chappelle and then Bittner opened up planted grapes. And so, I mean, in the 2002 is when it really started to get going more. I came here in 2008 and there's 32 wineries and now there's over 70. And not that I say that it like, I mean, it doesn't really have anything to do with me. I mean, yes and no. I just helped organize, right? And I'm good at getting people excited and giving you confidence that, yes, you can do this, right? So we have 1,300 acres planted in the ground. And I've been saying 1,300 for probably like six or seven years. And that's that's not very many grapes, considering in Washington there's 65,000 acres planted. We do need more grapes in the ground. But what's hindering us is land preservation, so houses, uh, encouraging people to plant and it's expensive right uh but the wineries are keep the wineries are keep coming what i think is going to happen i think we're going to see some big wineries and growers come to idaho and they're going to buy big plots of land because we're looking and seeing what's happening in california sadly it's, it's getting too hot it's not working and so you're seeing all these other big growers and big wineries looking to diversify and we just happen to be in the right area for the great climate in order to do this. And when I say great climate, what does that mean, right? Hot days and cool nights. And typically in Idaho, it gets cold gradually in the winter, and that's what you want. And typically it gets warms up in the spring, spring gradually. And you need a certain number of heat degree growing days for a grape to ripen, just like your tomatoes, anything. And so we're kind of in the sweet spot, right, that it's, it's going well. Just need to plant more. Well, and I don't want to jump past some of this history because I think it's yeah, pretty darn yeah, important that it. people know about it. Uh, because you had the pioneers that were helping make this winery movement happen. The and vision. Like, yeah, and like you said, in 2002, uh, 11 wineries. And then I do love this. In 2008, you came on the scene. And you and your board have done amazing things. And, I mean, just listen to this. In 2010, 43 wineries. 1,200 acres, 2013, 50 wineries, same amount of acres, and then in 2021, we're at 69 wineries, 1,300 acres, as you had already said, and then we're going to talk about this, three AVAs. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's important that people understand what are AVAs, right. how did you get those AVAs, and then on top of it, what is a sub-AVA? Right. So let's kind of hit that. Sure. So an ABA stands for American Viticulture Area, and it's a federally designated grape growing region. And it's pretty rigorous and difficult approval process. So I came right as the Snake River Valley ABA got approved, and that was great. You have to do a geological survey and hire people to say, why is this area different than anywhere else in the country? And it can't be like a county line or like it has to be like a river. So the Snake River Valley ABA is ancient Lake Idaho, so that boundary. And it's one of the largest ABAs in the country, it's huge, it's 8,000 square miles. I remember when I first came here, I'm like, mom, she's like 8,000 acres? I'm like, no, 8,000 square miles. It's very hard to like visualize what that looks like. I mean, almost to Twin Falls to, you know, Adrian, Ontario, Oregon. It's just that 
vast, right? And so then we have two other AVAs. So there's a total of three in Idaho. So there's the Eagle Foothills AVA. So that's within the Snake River Valley AVA. And I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see more of these sub-ABAs pop up within. Like we'll have, eventually have a Sunny Slope ABA. And then there's one in Lewiston. So northern Idaho, Julieta area. And they call that the Banana Belt, really. And that's like, I remember going up uh, when I first started here and I had to do barrel tasting. So with Melissa at Coulter's Creek, who's now one of like my great friends. And I'm like, this is going to be bad. Because like if I like, don't like something, I make a face. And I'm like, I'm trying to like, I'm like, oh, how am I going to do this? I want a barrel sampling. It was awesome. And so they have around 100 acres planted up there. But that's where there's a lot of potential because they have this great climate right well and that's where it really all started right was yeah so it's not valley. surprising yeah. why it's like going so it's well it's almost surprising that it's been taking so long yeah i think so like too that. like why isn't there more wineries i think it's probably population there's not a lot of people uh, but i don't know look at walla walla but walla walla has that prestige too right we'll get there yeah we'll get there yeah. so you had briefly mentioned it but i just want to ask you that the winemakers because we have this growth would you say that it's the, their homegrown winemakers, or, or you had mentioned that a lot of people have moved in? So, what are we seeing in Idaho? Is it a homegrown, or are we seeing more winemakers moving into our area? I think it's a combination. So, a crazy stat for Idaho is twenty-five percent of the winemakers are women. That there's nowhere else in the country that's like, why, and I'm like, why is that? And I think, I think Idaho is a welcoming place. I think it's the barriers or entry are lower, meaning like economics. I think when you see another successful woman winemaker, you're like, oh, I can do that to the, the camaraderie of helping each other. Uh, I think, but yeah, I mean, it's across the board. Like some people grew up here. They went away and they came back. Some people say, oh, this is a kind of a happening scene. I want to come be a part of that. Or, you know, I was a, you know, engineer at Micron and now I want to, go into winemaking and I had a little bit of money, right? Uh, I mean, it's so like, so different, right? And that's what I love is like, what's your story? I always want to know, how did you get started in this? Like, That's what I think is interesting too, because it's not an easy process. It's just, it's not just crush grapes, ferment them, put them in a bottle and throw them out. There's more to it than that. Yeah. Way I mean, more. it's a great industry, but you can make money a lot of other ways. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think it's like, people do it because it's, I mean, it's kind of glamorous, right? Oh, yeah. And and you can see people want to be around other people that are having fun. Oh, right? yeah. It attracts yeah. that type of personality. Yeah. yeah. So with that growth, I mean, obviously there's branding that goes with it. And uh, before I get you on that road of branding, and I just want people to know Moya uh, did not know I was going to do this, but I am going to play this video. Okay. Because it is by far <laughs> my most favorite uh branding ad campaign that you guys did and uh, I want you to watch this and then uh, for people uh, that are just listening on the podcast we'll put a link to this if you ever go if you ever want to go see this video yeah so. it's good you should watch it. all right Moya here we go I'm Ted Dawson I'm a fifth generation Idahoan and no I don't work in the Idaho wine industry contrary to popular belief not every single Idahoan works at a vineyard or a winery Idaho has always been known as the world's premier wine producer. And I don't have a problem with that. I know we have amazing wine, and I know that millions of people come to Idaho from all over the world every single day to experience our wine. But 
I just want people to know that Idaho has more to offer than just wine. My name is Angela Pettinger and I own a river rafting company in central Idaho. It gets tiring. Everywhere I go, even when I travel, whether I'm in New York, Chicago, France, Iowa, Northern California, people just assume I make wine. They say things like, oh, you're from Idaho. You must work at a winery or, oh, you're from Idaho. What's your favorite wine? I don't have a favorite wine. I drink beer. I'm a beer guy. Idaho has hundreds and hundreds of miles of world-class whitewater for rafting and kayaking. We have millions of acres of wilderness and backcountry, but nobody cares about that. All the tourists care about or talk about is Idaho wine this and Idaho wine that. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah. you know, but we were expecting something more, you know. More... We were expecting wine. <sighs> we certainly didn't come all the way out to Idaho to see a river. Is that a pine tree? I mean, I get it. Pretty much all of my friends grow their own grapes, work in the wine industry, have wine tastings every Thursday. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It gets a little awkward. I feel a little out of place. It's just so difficult for someone like me who makes her living selling the Idaho outdoors. We get tons of tourists, but none of them realize that Idaho has mountains and lakes and rivers and outdoor activities. All they know is that Idaho produces world-class wine. Truth is, I'm a potato farmer. My family's been growing potatoes in Idaho for 85 years. I know. Who would have ever thought? Potatoes in Idaho? Crazy, right? That was pretty great. probably make another one we're like a potato state or whatever right. i just i just love that so nine years ago we're the we're the wine state right so that's that's the ad campaign so how true is that today where are we at today oh i think a lot more people know that there's a wine industry in idaho but the thing is too and it's, i see it as an opportunity there's so many people moving here and they one i'm surprised how many of them actually know there's wine they're embracing their state they're like we want local which i didn't really expect so i've like kind of changed my tune a little bit so like i'm going more after the people that are moving here like if you like i know you're sort of like like kind of like if you let's say you didn't like idaho i'm not going after you anymore right like whatever i'm moving on i'm going to go after all these new people that are saying yes right and then what's interesting too is that wineries are running out of wine because wow. they're tasting rooms so they're selling direct to consumers, which is wonderful, right? They're, it's kind of changed the marketing a little bit because before I used to want, I'd hound restaurants, ask for Idaho wine when you go into a restaurant. I mean, I still think you should ask for an Idaho wine, but the problem is that the wineries are not having enough wine to supply the restaurants. I just met with Anthony's yesterday about, like, well, yeah, we, wineries are like, they don't have enough wine for us. I'm like, okay, well. What can I do about that, right? So, like, yeah. we're trying to see if a couple wineries can just have 
you know, restaurant skews, like make more of X to supply the restaurants because restaurants are running out of it and that's annoying for them. And then they have to change their wine lists, right? Uh, but it's more profitable for a winery to sell directly to you or me out of their tasting room. So it's just kind of interesting times, right? Like, hmm, this is a good problem to have, but it goes back to supply and demand, right? right. And like, we need more grapes and, you know, we need bottling lines and we need a custom crush facility, like all these things that, which is why I'm still here. There's still problems to There's solve, still right? Things. There's then, still things. How much of uh, advertising do you do outside of the state or is it just more of your branding image in the state? We do a bit of advertising. So we apply for specialty crop grants and that so our budget our operating budgets is around oh four hundred thousand dollars a year and then we apply for grants and that's what we use to like we did a big campaign last year and it was around the country it had like eighty thousand dollars but it was on uh, pandora and spotify and i just i don't know i get pretty excited when i hear these like because i listen to spotify like all day and i hear i heard the ad i'm like whoa i didn't know it was happening right because i kind of forgot about it because you move on right uh but yeah a lot of social We've definitely pulled back more on print advertising like everybody, but there's still benefits. So what we do is we'll write a grant to go on these media missions. So we'll go to New York, we'll go to San Francisco or Seattle because like I'm friendly. So how it works is like you go to these markets, you meet with people, you have dinner and they essentially become your friends and then they, they want to come out and visit. And we've had so much success by doing this. Like I love show and tell, right? Like I love having people over for dinner. I love just like, you want to like i'll ask you like if you're new like oh kyle like i i mean i asked you like where are you so where are you living again like because i want to do it's not like to size up your house it's like proximity how far away are you from me because like can we have wine can i walk to your house like what neighborhood are you in and that's what i love about idaho and i i try to express that in our marketing too is like i say it's all about your friends your family and your dog people don't care about the car that you drive or the shoes that you wear. i mean we're coming from seattle I mean, I had fancy shoes, right? I sold all my fancy shoes because, like, I didn't want people. I mean, the thing is, like, I probably didn't need to because people probably wouldn't have known what they were. But, like, I didn't want people to know that I had, like, five or $600 on a pair of shoes. Now it's, like, people's mountain bike or the, you know, I guess I'm fighting now because I have children. Like, these SUVs and these trucks are really expensive, too. So I'm like, okay, maybe people do kind of know that. But it, people just don't care, right? Mm. It's not about status. And, like, I find, like, it's almost like weird if you see something like that. Like you don't see, I used to love Maseratis, right? I wanted a Maserati. You don't see Maseratis in Boise, really? You might start seeing some. Maybe you will, but yeah. like you don't really see that, right? So yeah. it's just interesting. Yeah. Well, obviously uh, what you've been doing is working. Um, and I don't think people know just the impact on the economy that wine has. So can you kind of tell us what the Yeah, so we do are? economic impact studies around every five or six years. They're really expensive. I wish we could do it every year, right? And so we found in 2017, so we're, gonna, we're working on another one actually for the summer, that the wine industry had a $210 million economic impact, which is pretty impressive for a relatively small industry, right? So for every dollar spent at a winery, it's like $2.65 in return. Meaning like, because you're also driving to the winery, you might be staying at a hotel, you're gonna then go out to dinner. So it's all these other things that add up to this dollar amount. And it's just kind of fascinating when you think of how much of an impact it has, right? Yeah. And even more now, I'm really excited to see what is that dollar now? I mean, it's probably doubled, right? Uh, because we're having more and more people buying more wine. And like the inputs, like the glass company that's coming in, the bottling line, the barrels, all of that comes into play. Uh, and so I think people need to realize like, we're not going anywhere, we're, we're, we're expanding, right? And how do we help this, right? I mean, look at what Destination Caldwell and 
Indian Creek Plaza. They've embraced the wine industry and agriculture, and it's, I mean, it's good, right? Like people want to go out there, and uh, all these wine tour companies, like that's a whole other business, right? We should be driving people around, right? Uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, I go back to it. People are having fun. Well, we're going to hit on a couple of that right now anyway. So there's two big events I think you do to promote uh, Idaho wines. Uh, first one is Savor Idaho, right. which I kind of want you – that'll be coming up here in yeah. June. Right. Um, and I want you to kind of talk about boot camps that you guys have done before. So yeah. So let's start with Savor, and then we can get to the boot camps. So Savor Idaho is our big wine event that we do every year. I started it in 2009 when I first got it. I'm like, we need to bring – wine to the people so it's in boise at the botanical garden it's always been there it's beautiful you pay one ticket price and then you're in and you walk around and you sip wine and there's a little bit of food there's definitely the focus has changed now we've kind of because covid changed covid changed a lot of things right so it's kind of changed the model uh but it's like last year it was did you come last year yes it rained it had never and it poured but we hadn't done it for two and it was i can't tell you how much fun everybody had like right like and I was like, oh, no. And I'm decked out in my, like, raincoat, my rain boots. And I think people were just happy to be out. Uh, but the idea is to hit, there's around 30 wineries. Is you can taste a lot of different wine in one area. And tickets go on sale in March. It almost always, like, sells out. Uh, we do two waves. You can have a morning session or an afternoon session, just kind of on what you want to do. You can buy wine there to take home. We have cheese boards. There's food trucks. It's just – and there's a band. It's just – a it's good a time yeah really right is. and it's like people know what's happened it's always the second sunday so people kind of like go every year and they know to expect it um it's one of those things like there's so many returning people that we're trying to get new people but the, the returning people buy the tickets so it sells out which is great so i'm like yeah that's yeah. good and so then for the boot camps what the boot camp is that's really focused on trade like People who are in the industry, how do we show and tell? How do we show these restaurants or the wine buyers or the hotel front desk person, the industry? And so we do it in urban, so like Garden City, Boise, and then we do it, take people out to wine country to, sh to show and tell. Like, this is what harvest looks like. This is a crusher. These are grapes growing on the vine. Um, it's really geared towards educating people on the process and making them realize, oh, this isn't so far away or oh this is how it's done or what's an urban winery oh i can do this with my friends uh, making it accessible to yeah. everybody well and with savor too what's nice is that if there's a winery like oh i didn't know about that winery or oh i've always wanted to try that yeah that's their opportunity yeah. to do it well yeah like so like for example a newer winery is like dude dewalt right they're off of highway 16 like oh i had never seen or heard of this winery i like this and i want to push you to that winery like, okay now go to that winery and try their wine yeah Oh, that's good. Um, so how do people get into wine clubs in case they were wondering? Or how do, how do you go about that? Yeah, so if you want to try, I, I think wine clubs are fun, right? Like how you do it is like you would go to a wine. I mean, you don't even actually have to go to the winery. But like in theory, you would go to the winery. Oh, I like their wine. You would ask them. Or hopefully they're telling you about it and you don't have to ask, right? And the reason why you want to do a wine club is you get invited to cool dinners. They have special tastings. You get a discount. Um, I don't know about you, but I love a sale. I like buy wine typically by the case because if I like it, it's just easier because my life is busy. Uh, but yeah, or you can all do it all online too. But it's like buying what you like and you're, you're part of like this little club, right? It's this little community and you make, they make you feel special. Yeah. It's kind of funny like 
how you feel special, right? But dang, I do. So, That's great. Yeah. Do you join any wine clubs? Uh, I have not yet. Yeah, you need that, to. I, I, that will be on my list. So Lindsay and I have talked about that quite a bit. Yeah, so. and it has to be convenient. Like, yes. what do you like? I'll, I can make some recommendations for you. Which afterwards. I know you're good at. Yeah, that. yeah, you're perfect to go to. And if anybody wants recommendations, definitely. Get oh a hold yeah, of right. Yeah. People so, ask me all the time, like, get a hold what's of your the wine commission? Yeah, like, what's your favorite wine? I th- I'm drinking a lot of like, I like red blends. I love, I love blends. Like, I don't know, and I like nice people. So. If the winery is nice to me like it's human nature right to like oh i'll just buy that wine because they're nice to me people should be nice so that leads to this which is perfect because uh you are hosting a panel for the field of fork event for fair idaho and one of the questions came up what wine is idaho known for and it was kind of interesting but i think it's something that i'd love for you to yeah so i get asked this a lot and because when you think of Oregon, you think of Pinot Noir. When you think of Napa, you think of Cabernet. Washington, uh, probably Merlot, right? Maybe Cab. So Idaho, we don't hang our hat on anything. And I struggle with this, because especially when traveling the country. Like, should you? But the thing is, like, Oregon does amazing Pinot Gris. They have a crazy Chardonnay, but nobody knows about it because only anybody ever wants to talk, even the journalists, wants to talk about Pinot Noir. And that's hindered them, right? So maybe we shouldn't be known like we want to do a lot of things well the diversity rome varieties syrah viognier right spanish varieties tempranillo so the jury's out like what are we going to hang our hat on i don't i don't know if we'll ever hang our hat on anything and well maybe maybe that's the exciting part about coming to idaho yeah right we do a lot of things well a lot of things we like accept everybody you got to try them all right yeah yeah i struggle i struggle i don't know if i have the right answer but i'm still working on that ask me in 10 years okay well perfect because we're going to kind of wrap up with that is that what is what is five ten years look like from now well i hope and i mean this is like i i, I gotta make it up right doesn't mean it's gonna happen like i want to have ten thousand acres in the ground in 10 years i want to have 100 wineries and i want us to be making a million cases i i think well, it depends. Like if a big grower comes in, I mean, we could do this in a year, right? I think we'll easily be able to hit the million cases, right? Uh, but that's what I see. I think we're going to need to work on land preservation. We're going to have to keep our farmland. Uh, it's hard, right, for the growers? Well, there's a lot of competition, yeah, especially in this valley because you have developers that want land. You have uh, fields coming up. Yes, right. Land. So, and there's also an excess supply of grapes in Washington that we could go get, right? So yeah. it's just how do you want to do that? Um, but I think more and more people are going to be wanting to drink local. Uh, I think we're going to see more alternative packaging. Uh, hopefully we'll see less regulation, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but maybe if we live in Idaho, we'll see, right? I would hope that we'll have continued support from our state. Uh, yeah, we're having a good time. It's going to grow. It's going to grow. Think, things are going to grow and things are going to change whether we like it or not. But it's just how can we kind of steer it in a way that benefits the Idaho wine well, industry. Well, if history says anything, that's exactly what you're going to do. I mean, yeah. you've been in that trajectory the whole time. We're not seeing that our population is decreasing here in no. Idaho. And, and the more and more people that continue to move in, they might already have a background. In wines, and so they're definitely going to be searching for it in Idaho. And 
there's no question about it that the buy local has just been an incredible movement and more and more people want to do that they want to know more about it they want to know the story of it um i mean even labels have gotten yeah. crazy right? right yeah and thinking differently right like we're in the process of like rebranding and like dang i think we're gonna spin it put it on its head right because i want to draw you in people may not like it but it's gonna yeah. It's going to be conversation, that's for sure, right? <laughs> Pushing the envelope. Right. Great. They're going to think I'm crazy, right? But that's okay. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Moya, is there anything else you want us to know about No, Idaho drink wines? Idaho wine. I love it. Drink Idaho wine. Ask for local. Yeah, it's perfect. Thank you for joining us today. Just enjoy the conversation. Always fun. Uh, and you guys can tell Moya's just in her voice. Moya's so passionate about what she does and the excitement that's there. So it's great. So, and then we just want to thank uh, Associated Insurance for letting us uh, use their facility here, and uh, look for us next time on uh, Through the Woods. Thank you, Moya. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.